When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Join the conversation. Call 1300 01 1170 or text 0457 736 736. Welcome to the show and go with Jimmy Galvin and Drew Mitchell on SEN. Hello and welcome to the show and go on SEN with myself, Jimmy Galvin and Drew Mitchell. It's Sunday morning and there's been some rugby played. Drew, how good is Super Rugby this year? Look, it's... Uh it's just so exciting. Both sides of the ditch, really. At the moment, obviously, the Aussies are playing against the Aussies as well as Fiji and Drua, and the Kiwis are playing against themselves and Moana Pacifica. Coming up, though, at the end of the month, super super round down in Melbourne. All 12 teams will be in the same place for the I'm same weekend. That. Yeah, that'll be awesome. And then we sort of start seeing some crossover games. But like you say, some really good footy early on in this competition. There was meant to be some other footy played today, and it is a bit of a sad day for you and I, our well, Oztag team, the Mandem. More you than me. Well, you know what? Our Oztag grand final cancelled, and by default we've been given second place, and I'm quite upset about it. I just feel like you get what you deserve, and I don't think we deserve first. I disagree with you, and I think it's been a contentious decision, and uh, we'll move forward. But I think you, you played some decent footy throughout the season, Drew, when you were there. You did show up at the, the wrong time sometimes as well. Well, that's because you being the team manager is just hopeless, and you told me to go there when the other team had forfeited. Uh, that was meant to be my debut, Then I've only I've played one other game, so I'm not emotionally invested in this Oztag, if I'm being honest. <laughs> I disagree. I, I think we've had a lot of conversations about it. But anyway, alas, we move on. <laughs> we have a huge show today. We've got James O'Connor on the show today, as well as Lalakai Fiketti and your mate, Adam Ashley Cooper. Both yep. share a, a birthday one day apart as well. And you had your birthday celebrations just recently. How did they go, Drew? Uh, mate, they were, they were good. Obviously, I worked all weekend last weekend. My birthday fell on Saturday. Uh, so I worked Saturday night and uh, stand at Channel 9 and then... Sunday morning came in here with you, and you. Uh, and then we started to celebrate a little bit Sunday afternoon into the to the wee hours of just, Monday, just slightly, yeah. just slightly. Some good dance moves actually that night. Mm. Mm. They always are. They always are. <laughs> yeah. But no, it was good. We'll have a chat to see what uh, what what Adam Ashley Cooper got up to over in LA on his birthday. I know his mum Karen's over there visiting as well. So we'll see what uh, ca- what California Kaz is doing over there as well. We'll catch up with everything that's happening in Swoops World. Absolutely. But that then takes us into our tight five. The five top top stories in rugby at the moment. And let's kick it off. Number one, Simon Cron. One of the best coaches going around in the world, young coach mm. that was touted in Australia for that Waratahs role before he went over to Japan to work under Steve Hansen. <coughs> Western Force have nabbed him. I think that's a fantastic signing. Yeah, it's a, it's a really big signing. The Waratahs, especially the Waratahs playing squad at the time, really wanted Simon Cron to be signed. Instead, I think the current CEO, or the, the, the CEO at the time, um, Andrew Hoare, got yes. his mate Rob Penny in, um, which we know the results of that and where that led to. But... Everyone was pretty keen to keep Simon Cron at the Waratahs. He went over to Steve Hansen's side in Japan. And now, like you say, Western Force have picked up a really big signing there in, in Simon Cron. Look, they basically, I don't think it's necessarily like they've, they've axed Tim Sampson. I think they've mm-hmm. appreciated everything that he's done. They've got him, he's got him to the, 
he's got the team to this point, but they feel to go to the next level, they need someone else, and that, that man is Simon Cron. Would he feel hard done by? Uh, I mean, of course, you, no one likes to feel like you, you can't take the team further and progress, but I think if he was looking at it, he's done a good job to get them to where they are now. Um, but, yeah, I think to go to the next level, I think if maybe if he's being honest with himself, I think that, you know, sometimes you just got to realise that it's got to be a new voice and then that voice is going to be Simon Crons. I think it's I think it's pull with getting new players on board as well. And I think with having Twiggy Forrest involved in the Western Force over there in, in terms of funding the team, mm-hmm. but then a coach like Simon Cron coming on board, I think there's some exciting times ahead for the Force. Mate, there certainly are. And look, they've, they've done really well in the last couple of years having an experience a balanced squad with experienced players, but also up and coming, so some local players as well, and attracting some players that weren't getting too many minutes from other Super Rugby teams across the WA, and now they're flourishing. So, yeah, like you say, there's it's now becoming a, you know a genuine um, proposition for any player really looking to play Super Rugby anywhere in the Pacific. Next up on the tight five. The Reds looking like real contenders in Super Rugby. Now, I know you questioned me when I brought this up. <laughs> I, I don't question you because I'm not, I'm not necessarily doubting it. I just, I, I he, I'm hesitant to kind of go in there and say that we're contenders before we played one game against any of the Kiwi sides. Of course, we know they're the benchmark in this competition. They have been for a long time. And I don't want us to get ahead of ourselves by sitting here and shoot the lights out because the Reds or the Brumbies or whoever it might be are doing really well because, with respect, they're only playing against one another at the moment. So whilst I think they're going really well, I do really think the Reds are in form. They're going well. They're a really well-rounded side. We can't sit there and consider anyone to be contenders until we've had the crossover game. See, this is where I disagree with you, Drew. And this is where we disagree on Oztag as well. Because we were the contenders and we should have been winning that grand final today. And I saw the Reds play last night. But again, like, like Oztag, you're trying to give someone something that they have not yet deserved. <laughs> Right, you've got to earn it. You've got to earn the right, mate. I think they deserve plaudits for saying that as we go into the halfway point of the season and as we go into Super Round, I think that this is a team to watch out for as contenders. And I'm going to leave it at that. I'm going <laughs> to leave it at that. Absolutely, they're a team to look out for. But look, let's just not get ahead of ourselves. I'm not going to say any of the Kiwi teams either are going to be contenders to win it either. But at the, at the moment, the Reds are the form team on this side of the competition. You know what? I'm going to ask James O'Connor today on the Good. show. I'm Good. going to ask him, and, and, and I'm going to bring up exactly what you just <laughs> said. Next one up. And this has been a game that we were talking about for a while. Yeah. The Fijiana Ndrua, the, uh, the Fijian women's side, have been the first team to beat the Waratahs women in Super Rugby history. They have, yeah. uh, they've been unbeaten in Super W. And we, we knew this was going to be a matchup, and... I think it's healthy for the game. I'm a big Tars fan. You know that, Drew, yep. and I love my You're Tars tragic. women. I, 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 I spoke to Mahalia Murphy throughout the week, and I think they were missing her. Yeah. A couple of, uh, from a couple of texts I had from her, a couple of niggles uh, throughout the week, um, she, she was halfway to playing. Yeah. Pulled out. I mean, five tries a week before doesn't hurt. Maybe it could, did hurt. Could, could, it sounds like it did, but I, I, I do think they missed her out there. But uh, I also think that it is great for the women's game to be seeing matches of that caliber and more competition in Super W. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, like we mentioned at the top, there's been some great footy in Super Rugby Pacific. There's equally been fantastic footy in Super W as well. And, you know, we, we, we were looking forward to this game for a long time and it certainly delivered. Fijiana and Drua. Uh, the, the form team in the Super W, they are the contenders, and I'm happy for oh, you to say that. Here we that. go, here we go, yeah, yeah, <laughs> but, yeah. But like they, they've come on, they've beaten the Reds, like they've beaten everyone in front of them at the moment, and also not just beaten them, but quite convincingly as well. And, you know, and even speaking to a couple of the girls after la, um, last night's performance, 
now the Waratahs go from being the hunted to the hunters. So mm. it's a different proposition for them and not necessarily a bad thing. Because it's a new mentality. Sometimes when you're out in front and you're always just the team that's everyone's trying to knock off, there's a, there's a mindset that comes with that. Whereas once you get that sort of um, disruption and that loss in your, in your sort of win-loss tally – Maybe it can, it can light a fire on you and you start to look at your game a little bit more than you would otherwise when you're just sort of glossing over some of the things that happened throughout your, your, your performance and execution when you're winning. Yeah, I've definitely noticed that uh, with the response from many of the girls uh, on, on their social media that, that there has been a shift. But I'll tell you what is another shift, Drew, and you know how much of a tragic I am. <laughs> Shoot Shield Rugby's back and how good's that? Club District Rugby down in Sydney Suburban Grounds and there were some big results over the weekend, Drew. Mate, there certainly were. And look, it's great that club footy's back and it's the heartbeat of, of rugby, especially here in, in Sydney. Um, the Shoot Shield competition, there's some big rivalries and some some big games, big upsets, but also some really close games as well over the course of the first weekend. Big one for me, Rats getting over Sydney Uni. That's turned into a bit of a rivalry over the years. Uh, that's a big win for, for the Warringah Rats there. I thought North's got a fantastic win as well, but a close one over with uh, West Harbour and uh, Western Sydney Two Blues. Yeah, a point one, in it. one point in it with West Harbour getting the nod in that one over the Two Blues, 28-27. Uh, Ramwick also beat Eastwood at Eastwood, so some, some big your away wins. Side, your old stomping ground. That's right, Randwick, yeah. And and you also threw on a jersey for, was it Balmain? In yeah, the Balmain Muzzled Wolves. I was, I'm a subby. Yeah. Subby's footy. I just like to play in all competitions. Yeah, you really do. You get around. I d- well, on the footy field. Not on the Oztag field, I can assure you that. <laughs> if you show up on time, that is. <laughs> and last up on the on the tight five, I think this is a big one. Out of the uh, out of the budget, we saw that uh, the government is looking to throw some big coin behind the Rugby World Cup bid 2027. Now, that's looking like it's going to happen in my eyes, Drew. There's a contender. <laughs> Look, it's, it's, it's all but. It's... 20 points up with a few minutes to go. Something that's uh, some, so I've read that somewhere through the week. That's pretty much how close we are to nabbing the official rights to the Rugby World Cup 2027. And that would just be huge. And it's, yeah. it's also, it's massive to have the government funding and the government backing. Uh, I know that the, the French needed that, uh, to have that guarantee um, from their government to, to get the bid for next year's World Cup in 2023. So to have that now, to have that guarantee... Uh, certainly helps with getting uh, the big wigs at, at World Rugby to, to agree that we are the right country to host uh, the Rugby World Cup 2027. Has Phil Kern stepped down from that role as CEO of that bid? Because I've seen he sign somewhere else. I'm not sure if he's still heading up that uh, bid. If he has, I'm not aware of it, but I know he's been a big driving force behind it. So but He's done a fantastic it, it, yeah, job. Yeah, I mean, it, it would have had to have been a pretty d- tough decision if he's made that to, to walk away with it just before... It's been uh, it's been decided, but uh, I'm not too sure. You're throwing out some uh, big, big allegations there, if that's the case. It's true. It's true. That's what we're here for on the show and go. Now, we've got James O'Connor, Lalakai Fakedi, and Adam Ashley Cooper coming up on the show. If you want a quest- if you have a question for them, text on in on 0457 736 736. That's 0457 736 736. This is the show and go on SEN with Drew and Jimmy. We'll be back right after the break. Welcome back to the show and go on SEM with myself, rugby tragic Jimmy Galvin, and another tragic here, Drew Mitchell. Don't, I don't think you need to put rugby in there either. You can just say tragic <laughs> Jimmy Galvin. <laughs> I do tend to have to agree with you. Well, we are joined now by one of my favourite players, someone who is one of the form players of the Super Rugby competition, if not international rugby itself. James O'Connor from the Queensland Reds. Welcome, James, to the show and go. 
Hey guys, how you doing? Hey, doing well, doing well. You uh, you must be pretty happy with the performance that was put in overnight, uh, getting the win against the Brumbies. Yeah, content with the performance. I think we left quite a few points out there still. Uh, a little bit scrappy at times, but um, you know, playing the uh, the other best Aussie team, I think. Um, yeah, so yeah, proud of uh, proud of the guys, and especially going down a card and losing a few of our key forwards with uh, injuries crucially in the week. Thought we um, stepped up well. Rabs, it's Drew here, mate. I just wanted—I wanted, I just wanted to touch on the the um, the adversity just before the game. Liam Wright, co-captain, goes down off a line-out lift just in the warm-up and has to go off. And some pretty emotional scenes going up the tunnel. I spoke to a couple of players afterwards on our, our broadcast, and they were saying that it was pretty emotional seeing him inside. Is it something serious uh, that Liam Wright's done to himself? Do you know? Yeah, so we don't have the the results back from his scan yet, but. Uh Like you said, some late adjustments to him. comes in to number six, and then he gets a red card. So, not only were you adjusting before the, the start of the game, but also having to adjust on the field. How, what was the communication on the field like, just to deal with those types of uh, adversities? Surprisingly, we've actually um, talked through these scenarios quite a bit because I think there's only been one game this year where we haven't been carded. We've been down to 13 men probably three times now. So. During the week, uh, as sort of a leaders group and with the players, we sort of went through probably 10, 15 different scenarios. If we lose a lock, we lose a prop, we lose a back, we lose two, what lineups we'll go to, etc. So the detail was there. Uh, it was just about um, executing. Hey, James, uh, Tani Alatupo, he just seems to carry such consistent form for you guys throughout the year. Mate, what is it that he's actually chewing on out there in the field? <laughs> I don't know, I'd like to know because it works. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, man, he's just, like I've said it before, Tanel is just authentic and he's really coming into his own. He's, he's really just, his, his presence on the field is huge. Like, for me, it's like running the game. It makes my job so much easier when we've got such a good platform to work off. And anytime I see him, I'll give him that ball because he draws in two, three defenders and, and you know, in our face shape, there's going to be gaps everywhere. We love Teniella because he's just one of the true characters of our game. But has anyone said anything to him about his yellow card with about five minutes to play? We all know the size of his legs and he just decides to throw one, his left leg right out there in the path and Nick White trips him over, gets a yellow card. What's What was it, What was that about? Oh, mate, I don't know. I was pretty flat when it happened. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. Zombies are known to come back late. <laughs> Oh, yeah, we weathered the storm. So, uh, yeah, he's, he's a bit of a tragic like you, bro. <laughs> <laughs> he just wanted a bit of a rest. So I can empathise with that. Hey, James, look, uh, j- just on more of a, a serious note, I mean, you look just so at peace and calm out there at the moment. You, you It's been really noticeable uh, both on the field and off the field that um, you, you, you seem very mindful of just and, and, and at peace with everything going on. Has something changed from the days where you were playing with Drew over in Toulon to now? Um, just with your mindset and what's going on in your life, because you, you just seem like a, a bit of a different bloke to what you were when you were younger. I've actually reflected that. To be honest, I probably learned rugby-wise the most when I was at Toulon, learning from guys like Gitz, Ma, Drew, and I, I've almost culminated all their knowledge together and have sort of 
built it into my own sort of game. And what I realized was when I'm actually at joy and when I'm just playing the game and having fun with it, I play so much better and I can really get more buy-in from the group around me. So it's not, yeah, it just sounds weird, but I just don't try as hard anymore. And without trying as hard, it just things seem to come and it seems to flow a lot better. Mate, you talk about buy-in from the squad. You're on your way right now down to uh, Wallaby Camp. Um, mate, is there is there a certain player that you do or don't want to be roomed with, first and foremost? <laughs> Getting a nice, clear drive on the highway. It's beautiful. I've had to smooth the run down to the coast in a while. But uh, don't want to be roomed with. Um, oh. <laughs> Man, I've got, got nothing for you. Yeah, that's all right. Jordy. Jordy's in and out of the room every five minutes. Well, Hodgie. Hodgie's got a stretch regimen that goes from about 7 p.m. to 11 p.m. at night. And it's like he's allergic to, to fabric because he doesn't wear a shirt, Reese Hodge. <laughs> yeah, he puts us all to shame, I'd like. Hey, uh, uh, James. Going into a World Cup next year, obviously really exciting, and um, you've, you've you've really taken a hold of that ten jersey for the Reds. Is that 10 jersey in gold something that you're, you're gunning for? And I know that's probably an awkward question to have to ask with one of your good mates, Quade Cooper, that's currently the incumbent 10. But is, is, that, is that something that's front of mind for you? Yeah, for sure. Like, what I came to, I guess, since I've been playing 10, and even, I guess, in the past, I'd always wanted to be the 10 for the Wallabies. Um, but it is sort of something that I, I try not to, I guess, attach to too much. Um, I just, yeah, look, I'm just going out there and playing footy and enjoying it. And if the 10 jersey comes to me, then uh, that's great. And that's definitely where my mindset's at. But like you said, there's uh, a lot of uh, other decisions that need to be made. And there's a lot of combinations that work and that we need to work on as well. So, you know, quite has been playing really well. And I thought he did the job very, uh, very well for the team last year. And I probably didn't have the best uh, spring tour. Um, but yeah, look, I, I feel like I'm building into form and I'm really sort of playing my style of rugby again, which uh, hopefully you guys can start. Well, hopefully it, it's showing. It's, um, I'm, I'm enjoying taking the ball to the line. I'm enjoying sort of playing out a bit wider. I don't know if you guys have noticed, but Hunter's jumping in the mm. a lot more. Yeah, definitely. Me up, yeah. skip out a little bit and, and uh, yeah, just really mixing my game up. So I'm enjoying it. But, yeah, let's see what happens in Wallaby Camp. Now, James, we know that when you're playing, you're always, you've always got to keep your eye on the immediate task but also have to have one eye on what's going ahead, which is effectively what you guys are doing with the World Cup camp this week. But also, in a couple of weeks, you're going to be, there's the crossover, the super round down in Melbourne where you start to play Kiwi teams for the first time. Who out of the Kiwi teams or across that side of the ditch have, uh, have impressed you so far? To be honest, all of them. Even, yeah, there's, you can't even pick one out. Like, mm. normally you'd say, like, the Crusaders, the Blues are playing really well. Uh, for us, I, I, like, I genuinely believe we are going to have to step up another level. Like, If we get carded, which we've done every game this year, if we get carded against the Kiwi teams, it, it's not going to go down as well as it has uh, in these last probably six or seven rounds. Um, one thing I have noticed, obviously, is that they're playing a lot freer sort of style of footy. Uh, I don't know if it's the way it's been rest and sort of the rules of the game, but they're playing a fast style of footy, so... Minimal breaks, um, definitely going to be uh, testing the lungs. Lucky I got a better set than you, though, <laughs> Hey, James, we've got a question here from Chris from Freshie. What is the best rugby union video game? For him, it's Rugby 06. Out of all of them for yourself, mate, what, what, what stands out as the best rugby video game? Oh, oh wait, Rugby 08. Oh, I agree with you, 100%. It wasn't that good. It wasn't that good. When I, uh, when I was in Perth, so when I moved over when I was 17, 
where you literally, me and my uh, other three housemates, Dan Alipetti, Ben uh, Whitaker, and Justin Turner, and Tom Murdo would, uh, every night would play off rugby away, loser would have to go down to Trick Pizza and buy dinner. And, uh, so <laughs> Trick Pizza <laughs> every night. <laughs> mate, okay, well... <laughs> That was before I hit 25 and the metabolism changed. Yeah, mate, that's, that, that was a sad, sad birthday, that one, for all of us. But um, on that note... Mate, of all the rugby games that uh, you've been in, what, what version of James O'Connor has been in the best um, rugby game? Because, of course, you, you pick yourself, right? You put yourself in a, whatever position you want to play. Well, are we talking about a game now or the real game? No, 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 no. We're talking about a game. We're talking about an actual game because you would have you would have featured in many of the EA sports well, games. I'm in the uh, the first ever rugby challenge. Um, I actually had a hand in it. Like I was the ambassador for it, so they made my stats like 99. <laughs> I, think, I think my speed was great. Now I'm probably at about 70. I got outrun by a lot last night. Oh, mate, Nick Frost was quick last night, wasn't he? <laughs> I was like, okay, I've got him here. And then he opened his mouth. I was like, I actually gave him a little tap once he uh, put that ball down. I was like, wow, that was, yeah. that was impressive. Th- th- thanks, for, thanks for making me into a meme. <laughs> 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 hey, hey, James. Wait, wait, I'm, I'm standing to living now. <laughs> James, uh, thanks so much for coming on the show and, uh, show and go on OCN with us, mate. And I, I hope we can touch base throughout the season and continue to check in as you start to go and, and play some of these Kiwi teams and, and as we go into uh, England and the Bledisloe Cup. Go well for the rest of the season, mate. Yeah, appreciate it. And, uh, yeah, man, uh, give me a buzz. Thanks, Rabs. Cheers, mate. That's James O'Connor from the Queensland Reds and the Wallabies there. there. This is Jimmy Galvin and Drew Mitchell on the show and go on SEN. We'll be back after the news. Welcome back to the show and go on SEM with myself, Jimmy Galvin, and my co-host, Drew Mitchell. Now, Drew, we are now joined by the one and only Lalakai Fiketti from my favourite New South Wales Waratahs team. Lalakai, welcome to the show and go, mate, and congratulations on your 50th cap for the New South Wales Waratahs, mate. Thanks for having me on, boys. Most welcome. Now, you must be on your way uh, down to Wallabies camp yourself. Yeah, just in the car, in the Uber at the moment with... uh Lockie and Jed, so we're about halfway there. Nice, mate. It's always a good time going into Wallaby camp. But just want to touch back on the performance against Yandrua. Uh, how was it? What was the feeling like after that performance? It was um, it was a good feeling. So to get a to get a win on the board again, I think we're four and three. So um, we all know what the Fiji Yandrua can do. So we uh, went up there expecting nothing less than a battle, and we got that. Uh, just happy to come away with the win and. Enjoy a cold beer uh, <laughs> after the game. Must have been some sore bodies after that one, mate. There were some pretty bone-crunching hits. They're, they're a team that can uh, really cause some problems, and someone that would have been probably hurting pretty hard after the game was Tane Edmund with some of the hits he was copping. But yeah. uh, you, you must be happy with how he stepped up to the plate in Ben Donaldson's absence. Yeah. Boys, he's, uh, he's doing really well, I think. Um coming into his own now and he's had what two games starting at 10 so he's only going to get better and he's an exciting player and um, he takes that role on pretty well you know he likes um, leading the boys around from the front and uh, he's a strong kid you see him get hit a few times and uh, he just gets back up and wants to get back into it so 
No, La, that, that midfield for the Wallabies is pretty congested, but your combination with Izzy Parisi is just going from strength to strength each time you go out there, both in attack and defence. Is that something you guys work on, obviously, like put a real focus on through the week with your communication, or what is it that makes you guys uh, connect so well out there on the field? Yeah, we get, we, get, um, we get along pretty well off the field. I think that helps um, big time. And look, Izzy's a freakish talent. So for me to look good, I just got to give him the ball early and then try and support what he does. So it's, um, but yeah, you look at training, we, uh, we try and talk what we can do and try and practice things. But um, I think defensively was a big focus this year. And I think um, we're doing all right at, that, at the moment. Mate, don't undersell yourself. Don't don't just see see yourself as a distributor. We saw a couple of weeks ago. You just you saw Carter Gordon. You thought, oh, here we go. I'm on here, and just put the ball yeah. under the wing, threw your hip at him, and just went straight over. That's that's that was a pretty tidy try there, mate. It was uh, yeah, I was pretty stoked about that one. Uh, <laughs> don't don't get too many tries these days, so I'll uh, I'll take that one and um, yeah. I'll, I'll thank myself for that one. <laughs> <laughs> I love Kai. Yeah, it it, it uh, feels like a, a a much different culture within the Waratahs this season, and I know winning helps that. But what is the difference from last year? Because it seems like a completely different team. Yeah, I think um, majority of the boys from last year have stayed on and stuck around. So I think the the disappointment and and the hurt from last year really drove the boys to work hard in the pre-season, get their bodies right. Um, yeah, put on more and work on the defence. So I think that was the biggest change that we wanted to do. Look, we we knew we could score points and we could um, you know score tries. So I think that was the biggest turn point for us and just the environment. It's you know boys are loving coming to training and I think what DC's brung into the squad is. Um, is, is something great. So, yeah, just boys are loving coming in and, and um, nah, it's awesome. At, at the moment, it's been a real squad performance because you've had a number of injuries at the moment. You've got Donaldson and Harrison out as well as Lockie Swinton. We're yet to see him. So we're looking forward to seeing when he comes back. But also on over the weekend, you've got Michael Hooper back in the team for the first time. His first time in his entire Waratah career, he's worn the, the reserves jersey. What's it like having him back in, in and around training but also out there on the pitch? Oh, like he just brings such, you know, dominance and leadership and, and the young boys really look up to him, um, especially at training, you know, he's always running to the next drill and even, yeah, like you said, he was in the reserve team during the week and the boys, you know, really, really took it to the first team. So just to have him back awesome and... Oh, I think we've lost Lalakai there on his way to Wallabies camp. Hey, Lalakai, oh, we've got him back. And you're there, Lalakai? Yep. Yeah, good. We just lost you there, mate. It must be that reception on your way up to the Gold Coast. Or, or, or is it Jed Holloway in the car that's being a menace? <laughs> yeah, he wants to get on here. He wants to talk more than I do. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get him on. Just tell him to keep his yeah. phone on. We'll get him on in the coming weeks. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, Lalakai, mate, good luck, for, uh, good luck for the rest of the season and up at Wallabies camp, mate. I'm, I'm sure you'll uh, enjoy it in, in that environment where you're meant to be, mate, and good luck for the Tars for the rest of the season. Awesome, boys. Thanks for having me on. Thanks, bro. Oh, mate. We'll be back. Let's, you know what it's time for now? What is it? Super Rugby Wrap time. Love it. Time now for the Super Rugby Wrap on the show and go. 
That's right. It's been a nice old week of super rugby and the standard has been good. It's been hot and heavy. And as we start to go into the Aussie versus Kiwi teams coming up against each other, which is going to be the real test, there's no arguments about that. We saw a game on Tuesday night between the Blues and Moana Pacifica. Blues getting up 32-19 after Moana Pacifica's first win in the competition. We spoke to Sokopi Kepu last week, who wasn't going to get too ahead of himself uh, about what was coming up against the Blues midweek, and he was probably right. Yeah, look, it's, it's a tough ask for the new team, Moana Pacifica, to, to play this amount of games in such a short period of time. Given also that, the, like I say, the, there are new teams, so the depth is probably something they don't necessarily have compared to some of the other teams. Um, so, yeah, tough ask. Uh, Blues, too too good for them, um, 32-19 in, in that case. But then again, over the weekend, yeah. they, they had a, a repeat game. And again, the Blues just too strong. Just too much firepower for the Blues. And it's tough to play the same team yeah. twice in a week. That's that's a tough ask. Yeah, and, and also, like I said about the depth, the, the Blues have the luxury of being able to substitute and, and rotate some of their, their, their top-end players mm. to get fresh ones on, whereas I don't feel like the Moana Pacifica team, with respect, have the same sort of depth and um, and ability to kind of rotate a few players out and obviously keep people fresh. So yeah. tough tough for them. But um, look, when, they, when, they, when, when they've got a good preparation and good run into a game, Moana Pacifica are going to be a problem. I, th- I think Aussie teams should be watching out for Moana yeah. Pacifica. Where it, I don't think they're going to be a run over at all. Uh, the next up was the Crusaders, 17 over the Highlanders. Drew, I've had some pretty harsh words about the Highlanders this year. I think they have been maybe a little bit of a pushover. They certainly weren't in this case against the competition favourites. And, you know, I think that the Reds uh, are in, in my own eyes. But the Crusaders naturally uh, are the form team with the, with the most super rugby wins under their belt. Uh, I thought the Highlanders were quite impressive. But, uh, yeah, went down 17-14 in the end to the Crusaders. Yeah, look, I mean, it's not pretty reading for the Highlanders when you look at the, the, the season ladder, yep. right? They're sitting on the bottom. They've got no wins yet. But there's there's a column there for bonus points. They've got three. So they've lost three games within seven points. So when you say they've got no heart, they roll over and they don't have no fight, it's a, t- it's a tough summation because they're, they're, they're there. They're all but. Mm. And they're playing against some pretty tough competition as well. So, again, it's like, like James mentioned in, in our interview with him, it's really tough to to separate some of those Kiwi teams because each of them are beating one another week in week out. Yeah, and and it's uh, it's interesting to see the Crusaders playing back in Christchurch. Obviously, all the the, the New Zealand games were being played uh, down in, in in Queenstown for a bit there, but as you see the home crowds coming back mm. to those matches, you get to see that brand of New Zealand football that they play for their fans and. It's impressive rugby, and I, I think that uh, when we ha- when we have to start heading over there, it's going to be some, some interesting reading. I mean, it's also Christchurch. <laughs> like, it's, Christchurch. it's a tough place to play. It's a tough place to visit. It's it's tough. The conditions are tough, and uh, and yeah, it's a, it's a hostile environment as well. So, but then also then the next game was the Tars. 38 yeah, yeah. victors over the Fijian and Drua. Yeah, a, a tough game, a brutal game, a, a bit of a scrappy game, a, a, but. Uh, I think the Tars are getting that winning feeling back. And we just spoke to Lalakai Fakedi about that, that the culture in the team's building, they're getting wins on the board. Um, and and they're, they're playing they're playing decent footy at times there. And guys, and, and, and just on depth, the Waratahs are showing they've got depth this year. Yeah, they certainly are. When, when injured players like Jake Gordon are out, Jack Grant steps up and he's been playing really well. Tane Edmed, he's come into the number 10 jersey and just looked really calm. Mark Nwonga Nituase has been in some good form over the last couple sure of weeks has. as well. So anyone that's coming in for an injured player 
is really doing their job. Look, I mean, I think as well, like there's a lot of chat and um, around Michael Hooper coming back and taking that number seven jersey automatically, which he's earned the right to for us to talk in, in that vein. But the response from Charlie Gamble as well is almost Huge. that you've got to shuffle the back row around to maybe find space for Charlie Gamble because he's just a guy that looks like he enjoys playing footy. And, and much like, again, what James said, when, when you're enjoying yourself, often you play your best. And, yeah, Charlie Gamble's putting in some really big shifts over the last few weeks. And even with the, the, the shadow of Michael Hooper kind of creeping up on him, he's, uh, he's, he's almost stood even taller. And uh, I'm really liking the form of Charlie Gamble. Well, he's become a bit of a cult figure. Mm. And he's fantastic for brand Waratahs. I think the fans are starting to love Charlie Gamble as well. He's, he might be on the show next week. What do you think, Drew? Let's, uh, let's give him a call. That's a big gamble, hey, throwing it out there without having to reach out. There he is. But I'm sure we can get him on. Uh, yeah, look, he's, he's a good player. And, and also, yeah, like I said, he just he's just loving his time and his opportunities that he's getting, and he's taking every one of them. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what they do with that back row uh, as Michael Hooper becomes uh, comes back into that starting lineup. Last game of the round last night, 21-7 Reds victors over the Brumbies. A fantastic game of football. They're yep. the two best teams in Australian rugby at the moment, as James O'Connor just said himself earlier on the show. Uh, and competition was very much real going into uh, the Wallabies camp today. And I, I I don't think people held back at all. No, not at all. I think there was probably a little bit more to it, given that there's so many head-to-heads in this game that we're probably competing for a gold jersey later on when Eddie Jones brings England down for the three-game series. So not only was it sort of top spot on this side of the conference, or not necessarily conference, but just the way things are situated with the restrictions so far, but um, yeah, some, some a little bit extra there, and it was a f- pretty uh, intense, spiteful type of competition. There's not much separated these two teams. In fact, the last five encounters, only five points or less have separated them. So last night's 14-point win by the Reds is an anomaly, and uh, yeah, the Reds look pretty good. Yeah, slick running rugby, and I, I think that compared to last season, and obviously there was COVID last season, it was a different and, and broken season, but I just feel that that's a, that's, a, that's a brand of Australian rugby that we should be watching and, and keeping our eyes peeled to. Well, I mean, in, in your words, the best team in Super Rugby Pacific. Exactly right, Drew. <laughs> exactly right, and you can hold me to that. I will. As the season goes. Mate, I, I hope I have to eat my words. Well, actually, I'm not even, I've not, I've not disagreed. I just said, let's just not you get ahead disagree. of ourselves. You're absolutely. I just disagree. think sometimes you just get ahead of yourself, Jimmy, and I worry about that. <laughs> I worry about it. Yeah, well, you know what? That's what got me through an Oztag season, uninjured, <laughs> and as MVP, I think I got voted yeah, for. Yeah, but you came second, well. mate. We came second by default. <laughs> now, um, ju- just on that last one, uh, on that last game, Felipe Dangunu, yeah. who hasn't been getting picked by Brad Thorne, 50th. Uh, Super Rugby cap last night for the Reds. Um, surely he's got to be in contention for the Wallabies. I would have him in there for sure. I, I think he's our most dangerous attacking winger. And I understand that he's, you know, only even hearing Brad Thorne through the week saying he had a couple of mistakes in his game that he needs to iron out. I, I understand that. I think it's probably hard to argue that any of the wingers or perhaps players in the in the squad are, are any different. So I just think what if you're a defender lining up against Filippo Dunguna, you, you You've got a bit of anxiety. Yeah, you know you're worrying about what he what he can bring because he's a strong carrier. He's got footwork. He's got gas, um, and it it depends on the balance of the back three as well. I mean, he doesn't bring too much in terms of a kicking game. So then obviously you're going to have to balance that around a little bit. But yeah. I I think he's given more time. He'll he'll feature in in the Wallabies squad at least at some point this year. Well, he was thrown in there and as a st- was starting winger last year at, and went at, well at, until at he broke his his forearm. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so it's uh, it's an interesting one, that indeed. 
Uh, guys, if you want, if you have a question for either Drew or myself, or coming up after the break, we've got Drew's best mate, Adam Ashley Cooper, on the line from LA. Give us a text on 0457 736 736. That's 0457 736 736. This is Jimmy and Drew on the show and go on SEN. We'll see you soon. Welcome back to the show and go on SEM with myself, Jimmy Galvin and Drew Mitchell. Now we're joined by a special guest, Drew. Mm, super special. Swooper special. Swooper special. On, on the line from over in LA, we have Adam Ashley Cooper. Swoops, welcome to the show and go. How are we? Mate, we're good. I, bro, I just want to start by saying, mate, happy birthday for last Sunday and also... How did you celebrate? I know you've got your mum over there, Cara, and she's over there, Kelly Kaz. What did, they, what did her and, uh, and your wife, yeah, Anna, do uh, for your birthday? 38, feeling great, mate. We just uh, we, we just went out for quiet dinner because we had um, we had game and training on uh, on the day and, and the following day. So, mate, it was pretty quiet. Actually, I came home from Seattle. We got five points away, so that was a nice little present um, from the boys. And then came home and just had a quiet dinner with the family and then back to training on the on the following day. So pretty tame, pretty tame uh, compared to probably your VA. <laughs> I never asked you what you got up to, Drew. So you want to you share some light on that? Mate, I, uh, I'd love to tell you, but um, memory's blanked. But we just went down to the beach road and had a couple. It was actually on your birthday. We're celebrating your birthday more so than mine. But, mate, it's great to just touch in to what you're doing over there. Obviously had a... a, a Wonderful career here in Australia for uh, the Waratahs, the Brumbies, and the Wallabies, of course. But now you're going into coaching in the MLR underneath Stephen Hoyles, the head coach of the LA Giltinis. How have you found that transition, bro? Mate, uh, to be fair, it's been really challenging. Like, I mean, I'm enjoying the challenge, but um, I probably came in underestimating the, the challenge in terms of how much, how much, how different it would be. Um, and I, and I guess for me, I've always wanted to kind of scratch the itch around whether or not I'd be a good coach. You spend a, lo- a long time in the game. You kind of, I mean, you kind of see the game differently. Mm. I mean, depending on depending on how long you spend in the game. But I mean, for me, I was, I've always wanted to kind of look look at the game through a different lens, and that being from a rugby view. So I mean, from from a coaching view. So I'm kind of doing that now. Um, I was a little bit, I guess, underprepared on how much planning and prep was is required in a coach. So uh, I'm finding that certainly different and challenging, but I'm enjoying it. I think, uh, I, I mean, seeing the game through a different lens now is, is, is certainly great and beneficial from uh, from my career. Uh, mm. But uh, I mean, I just, it's good. I mean, but I, I'd like to like to think that we'd get a few more wins and get that feedback around certain results and outcomes and knowing that I'm, I'm actually doing a decent enough job. But what about the challenge of understanding that you're now a coach and you're coaching, obviously, your players and that maybe the team socials are a little bit different these days? You can't necessarily, you know, hang out with, with some of the players because it's a player's game. Yeah, I know, right? So <laughs> that was a pretty tough day for me, actually, last Sunday, uh, which is my birthday too. Yeah. So that team social would have been amazing if I was still playing. Um, so that was a pretty tough day. I mean, the boys went out and they had a team social with Port and... Uh, whatever you do on a team social, uh, and I went to dinner with my wife and mum. Um, it was really good. Um, <laughs> uh, so that's that's been one of the most. That's probably one of the tougher challenges. I mean, becoming a coach, um, knowing that it's a players' game, you can't you can't attend and enjoy the team socials because 
That's where I do my best work, Drew. <laughs> you do, mate. You do. Hey, Swoops, uh, Jimmy here, mate. Uh, tell me, how um, how are you finding the rugby in the States, over in America? How's the standard? What's the culture? How different is it to where you might have played in France or in Australia before or Japan? What's the, what's the standout difference for rugby in the States at the moment? Well, I mean, for me, it's... it's uh, I mean, last year when we came across and I actually played last year throughout the league, um, the one observation and one bit of feedback I did have was that I was surprisingly very physical um, and the standard, the quality was actually very decent. I was, didn't know, really know what to expect. There were um, some teams that were throwing football around playing some, some great rugby and the physicality was certainly up there. Uh, I don't know whether or not that was me just being a 37-year-old old battler but, um, or it was actually some decent shots out there, but... The guys certainly come after you. Um, this year, the competition, the level of competition has certainly picked up and tries to uh, the quality of rugby that's been played throughout, the, throughout this season already. I think we're in round nine, and it's very, very competitive, a lot more competitive last year. So I think the fact that um, the competition level has has gotten better and has developed uh, and progressed is, is making it a little bit more difficult for the teams who have decent squads and decent programs to to get that result uh, on a weekend, so it's it's great to see that there's it's a more competitive league, um, and also the fact that there's a lot more marquees coming over and um, seeing the game in the US and, and sharing those experiences over here it only helps the quality too. Oh, fantastic, Swiss. Well, it's good to hear, mate, and I hope we can touch base throughout the rest of the season and see how everything's going in the MLR, and that you can join us on the show again. Thanks so much for your time, Swoops. Mate, is that is that it? Yeah, that's that's all, <laughs> mate. We, we had a few more questions, but you spoke about three minutes per answer, so we had to wrap you. Up. <laughs> we will get you back, mate. Welcome back to the show and go, and we look ahead to next week's games of Super Rugby on Friday night. Hurricanes versus Crusaders, which is going to be an absolute cracker. We've got the Force and Rebels as well. Chiefs versus Blues and the Fijian Drua versus the Brumbies. What have we got in Super W there, Super Drew? W, we've got a couple of good games. of uh, The Western Force girls against the Rebels and the Fijiana against the Brumbies in the game of the round for the Super W. There's some great footy coming up and what a great show today, Drew. Always a pleasure, my friend. We'll see you again next week on the show and go. This is Drew and Jimmy on SEN.